You're listening to Conversations of Inspiration with Ben Moore and Scott Gunn on the EXP podcast. The show that brings you expert insights from those who have had an exponential impact on their industries. They say that success leaves footprints, so take a walk with us as we explore all things growth, business and mindset every Monday from 7am. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's show. Three, two, one, we're in. How you Ben, all right? Yeah, really well, mate, really well. How are you? I'm knackered, Ben. <laughs> I'm very, very tired. Uh, we're recording this pod a little bit later in the day than we normally do, so it's like early evening and I've had a full day of it. Like My phone is literally red hot, as in the back of it feels warm. Um, but yeah, no, doing good though, mate. How's everything going on your end? Yeah, to be honest, mate, similar. I think doing really well, mate, doing really well. It's almost my uh, default knee-jerk reaction when someone asks me how I'm doing, but I can definitely share share your pain today has been a well this to be honest the last sort of 14 days or so has been pretty pretty full on um I said I was I was kind of scaling back a little bit and winding down a little bit on agency to to focus on other bits and pieces and uh as soon as I announced that it's like I've never been busier so yeah I'm just juggling (laughs) a few few balls at the moment mate so I do I do appreciate you were doing the later part I think this is the second time I've rearranged this episode mate so your patience (laughs) is much appreciated no not at all not at all enjoy it so what, what are you keeping busy with, mate? Is it all work? Is it business? Is it pleasure? What's What's been? No, yeah, it's, it's, it's all business at the moment. Like, you, yeah, I, I, I keep getting to the point where I'll be like, right, you know, I've got enough now. I've got decent pipeline. I've got, you know, good good stock and stock that I'm happy with is in right price, great vendors, that kind of thing. Um, that's, that's enough now. And then I get a lead from, like, I've, I've got a financial advisor that gives me some really great leads and, I'll get a phone call from, and then all you know what it's like, mate. You do the same thing all of a sudden. Then I'm like, okay, I've got five valuations this week. I've got another couple of listings coming on. I've got, so yeah, it just keeps going. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like, go on. I was just gonna say, do you know on that because like I've, well, obviously like I've always been boutique for a little while, and it's a volume controlled portfolio and all that kind of good stuff. But since I made that decision to kind of tone down a little bit on agency, so I can focus on agent support and growth. Um, the way of me doing that was to set my fee scale at a point that kind of isolated myself to only the higher quarter, the upper quartile of the market. So I kind of priced myself out with the lower end. And uh, since our last recording, I think I've probably turned away now about five listings or five valuations wow. people inquiring to sell. So that's been a combination of deflecting it to other exp agents so say you know i'm yeah. really sorry but i've got no availability and um, but i can highly recommend such and such a body and then sending it over yeah. to we've got two other agents on the filed course now so that's been quite handy and then other people you know them just saying oh i want to work with you can i have a breakdown of your fees and then tumbleweed <laughs> so yeah but it, it feels kind of good it feels quite liberating because funnily enough since i've kind of done that with those properties that for whatever reason weren't weren't a good fit for what i'm looking to achieve I've actually found that I've found space in my diary for other vendors that I've been to see since that yeah. very much are appropriate and kind of, you know, online with the long-term goals. So I've been bringing them in and listing them. So I'm busy, but now I'm busy even more so with the right types of clients and busy doing the right sorts of things that I think are going to be supportive to where I need to take things. So I can't complain really, but it's just, uh, I'm looking forward to my rest at the end of the month, put it that way, mate. <laughs> Well, it's well earned as well. I think you need to rejuvenate a little bit. Um, so, yeah, look forward to your little trip. 
Well, how, how do you, I mean, how do you feel then when you, when you turn something down? I mean, even if you're passing it to another agent at EXP, do you still have like a little bit of a nagging sort of mm. voice saying you should really take that? Yeah, I do, mate, because I think it's, and this has took a massive paradigm shift in my own mind. Like it's been, it's been quite challenging to switch my psychology on this because, you know, obviously as, as salespeople, we're always kind of taught, you know, close the business, take every opportunity, bring the properties on. Turning business away is just so unheard of. It just feels alien. Yeah. Um, and, and then when it's your business and when you're getting paid, obviously, as we do, you know, the, the vast majority of the fee, it's even more difficult to turn it away. But the way that I try and frame it in my own mind now is almost like I'm not losing that money. I'm buying back that time. And when yeah. I, now I'm looking at it as I'm actually acquiring time and reserving energy that I can now focus into other activities that long term are going to be more profitable and they're going to, I guess, fulfill me um, because it's going to take my direction, my business in the direction that, you know, I want it to go. Um, that makes it easier to stomach. But that initial, oh, I'm really sorry, I've got no space in my portfolio. I can recommend such and such an agent it's always done through gritted teeth and I'm not sure that's ever going to go yeah. away, but, but when I've done it, I find it quite liberating and I'm glad that I've done it. If that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it does. Um, I gave my first one away last week. Um, to, I've got another agent in my town as well and just phoned him up and I said, I've got a lead for you. Got a valuation. If you can do it at four o'clock on Saturday. And to be honest, the only reason I didn't want to do it is two bed terrace. Be okay. Not particularly high fee, but be a quick fee. You would have thought, um, but it was the only appointment I had that day. And so, like you said, I, I bought back my weekend for, yeah. you know, yeah. quite, quite, quite princely sum paid for my weekend because he messaged me like a week later saying, I've sold it and I've got two valuations off the back of it. And okay, if I'm honest, half of me was like, oh, great, really, really pleased for you. The other half of me went, yeah, that should be in your pipeline, Scott. You were, you, you've missed out there. Um, but, you know, it's, I, it's, I was happy to help someone else. They, the, the client got a better service from an agent that was, at that exact point more motivated to go out and, and do a great job so actually everybody's happy really when you think about it and i had a good weekend and got my garden somewhere close to being presentable for the summer so um you know mate well if you, if, if you're garden if conscious you're at the minute scott you'd absolutely have a heart attack if you see my garden at the minute mate i'm telling you it's past the point of repair i think it just needs neglected <laughs> yeah I've got a busy man's garden yeah, oh man, I've definitely got I've got a busy man's beard and a busy man's beard. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the less said about that, the better. Um, but no, that's awesome, mate. And it's good to see that you're making similar pivots in your business. It's uh I guess it's testimony to that. I know we've said this a few times now, but that uh that collaboration piece again and on that, it's not even just um I wasn't gonna talk about this, but I had a client come back to me randomly today that I sold the house for last year. He had a higher value property. We sold the house. He moved into a caravan because he's buying a patch of land to build his own property, like a new build. It's been like a lifelong ambition for him. And uh, he rang me uh, this morning and said, hiya, mate, um, this building's been delayed because of such and such a reason. We're not going to be able to get underway as soon as we thought. And caravan life is killing us. It's taking its toll now. Um, I just want a little temporary property, you know, something that I can use as a stopgap maybe for a year, 18 months. Um, nothing expensive, maybe 130, 150 grand, two up, two down. Maybe something that will rent well when we move out. Um, have you got anything coming up in your books? Because the market's not so soon as I ring an agent to inquire. It's already sold. Um, 
And I said, look, I went, I've made a pivot in my business, so I'm not really dealing too much with that end of the market, though I'll keep you posted if I do. Let me put the feelers out to a few other agents and see if I can get anything off market that might fit. Lo and behold, I've sent a message to one of our agents here on the files, and she's come back and said, oh, I've got something a touch more than what he's wanting to spend, but in a great area, I rent really well, cozy little cottage, two up, two down, sounds perfect. Do you want me to send you the details? And it's kind of looking like we might be able to get that deal gelled. He's over the moon because he's getting a great house, great location without any competition. And the vendor's over the moon because she's getting a quick sale and doesn't even have to hit the market. So win-win. That, that's how agency should be done, right? Win-win, win-win. Yeah, everyone's happy with that situation, aren't they? It's fantastic. Imagine having that conversation this time last year with us, 18 properties on the market and 21 agents. No, not this quite. I keep saying this time last year without thinking how fast the year's going. But like 18 months ago, we had 18 listings, I remember. Mm. Like last November, 18 listings. Like... Have you got anything else for me, Ben? You're like, I've got 18 in the UK, mate. Like, no chance going to help you with that. And now you've just made a couple of calls and done. Join some dots. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, and what's even more crazy, mate, is that it feels like it's gone in the blink of an eye, doesn't it? It feels like we've been here two seconds. Like, it's just mad. Yeah, it's, Honestly. I was having that conversation with my wife today. I mean, it's, where's that time gone? But there we go, mate. The next 18 months will go uh, just as quick and who knows where we'll be. Imagine what conversations we could be having this time next year. Oh, bloody hell. I know, mate. Well, to be fair, mate, we're five minutes into the pod now. We spoke about gardening. We spoke about <laughs> we spoke <laughs> yeah. about half past time goes. I think we're starting to show our age, mate. So this time next year, our conversations are probably twice as more boring. <laughs> look, look out yeah. for the pod. <laughs> It'll be about injuries, yeah. back, yeah. neck ache. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Getting away from the old ball and chain for an hour. Um but yes, mate. So I guess, um, you know, we've just had a bit of chitter chatter there about us both being in a fortunate position where, you know, we've been able to kind of walk away from business um, this week. And that's only come about as a result of building our brand, funnily enough, over the course of the last year or so, which is a nice little segue in today's show. So uh, today's episode is all about um, how to build your brand in estate agencies. So again, anyone listening in, welcome. Good to have you at the third person at the table. And uh, I think today should be a good episode, Scott, because brand building is, is something that fascinates me. I know it's something that a lot of agents um, in EXP and on the outside looking in are fascinated by it's something that comes up a lot something that I'm kind of challenged on and asked about quite frequently so yeah hopefully this will serve as a good sort of evergreen resource for people to tune into and kind of help them build their own brands in their markets definitely it's a hard topic and I think I think we're really learning on the go aren't we because um, I know you know brands have been around for so long but how you build a brand has, has changed a lot in the last few years isn't it you know with the uptake of social media and you know all different platforms um it's all, all all done very differently and it can be done super super fast as well now it doesn't take 20 years to build a brand does it you know you can do it a lot quicker so yeah i've been interested in chat and i think you're kind of the master of this as well mate it's sort of uh, not self-proclaimed but i'll proclaim you as that and um <laughs> yeah you're very into it because you're passionate about it as much as it's great for your business you clearly enjoy it as well which is uh, i think important Oh, thank you, mate. But that goes the other way as well, Scott, because maybe you wasn't quite as deliberate in your intentions as what I am, but you've been quickly known as a bit of an authority in the XP space, internally and externally. The guy in the log cabin, whether that was genius or a complete accident, I don't know, but you've kind of done a similar thing in your business. So yeah, I think it'd be a good a good two-way chat, mate. So um, I guess first off, mate, the, the, the one question that I want to jump straight into, just to kind of hear your thoughts on this, you know, the classic debate, the argument, personal brand versus corporate brand. Where do you sit on this on this, on this argument? Hopefully not right bang in the middle on the fence. 
<laughs> well, I can see why they both they both operate in their own space and very deliberately. So when if I was today to design a corporate brand, that corporate brand, if you think about it, it's almost like your corporate brand is I need to start fishing with a massive net, you know, so for my corporate business to survive, if I'm Connell's, I need to be able to drop my net in the ocean, bring it back out and have 5,000 fish in it, right? Personal brand is fishing with a rod. You know, you no longer have to try and grab everything you possibly can. You're trying to grab specific things. So I said about before, you know, when you're back in my corporate days, I was very vanilla as an estate agent. It wasn't, you know, I'd still have a joke about football and disagree with football teams and things like that. On the whole, I would tell the client what they wanted to hear. I would turn up presentable in my suit and short back and sides and I would have my car clean and probably wouldn't moan about my kids and all those normal things. Fast forward 18 months. And that's very much how I started EXP, mate. I was like a corporate agent operating out of a log cabin. I'd type in and all those things. And I quickly realised I didn't need to do that anymore because I was no longer trying to attract 40 to 50 new instructions every month. I was trying to find somewhere between six and eight. And the great thing about that was I could then just drop all of that stuff and just go out and be myself and be honest with people and present the real me and, you know, I always think about it like if I was hungover and someone said, oh, how are you doing, Scott? Go, I'm hungover to hell. Like as I walked into their house and that kind of thing that I wouldn't have dreamt of doing back when I was a corporate estate agent. And now not everyone's going to love that. Not everyone's going to fall in love with that approach. But the difference is you don't need everybody to anymore. So all you really need is this sort of merry band of clients that relate to you. So the best way to get people to relate to you is show the real you. So I think for me, that's the difference between a, a corporate brand and a personal brand is it's not necessarily that one is right and one is wrong. I can fully understand why the corporate brands don't adopt the same approach I do. Can and, completely understand that. And how did that happen for you? So what, what did that transition look like in terms of, you know, you just said I, I very much joined DXB as a, as a, a in the mindset of a corporate brand and then you've obviously transitioned over time and become more comfortable with being yourself is probably the best way to explain it what what triggered that what was that catalyst um the first thing so on my first day as an exp agent if you like i remember sitting down really excited about starting your business and, and then i posted out all my letters to let everybody in the local area know i'd operate and then you're sort of going ah right what do i do now so i went out door knocking it was hammering down with rain had my suit on i was like i'm gonna go out door knocking if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. So I went out door knocking. I walked down the path of this house that's about three roads away from where I live. And I knocked on the door. I don't know how much door knocking you've done, but I think if we're all secretly honest, we all want to knock to show that we were willing to do door knocking, but most of us hope that nobody's in. So I was knocking at the door and then like hallway light came on. I could hear someone sort of faffing about in the hall. I thought, oh, that's beating, that's beating. Yeah. And then they, they opened the door. And I had not given any thought to what I was going to say at all. And I, I went flying in 100 miles an hour, like, yeah, no, no, I'm part of this agency. We're all on right moves. And I'm not going to say they didn't slam the door in my face. They were very polite. They were friendly enough. And, um, you know, still keep in touch. So it didn't go really, really badly. But I, I remember walking away and just thinking, like, what was that all about? Okay. What's my approach going to be this time? So I walked down the... Um, I drove around, found another sailboard. I remember walking down the path, knocking the door, and the lady answered the door. And I said, look, hey, hi, how you doing? Look, I am sorry to knock. Um, the reason I've knocked is because I'm a brand new estate agency business. There's absolutely zero chance of you picking up the phone to me because you haven't heard of me. I live on the same estate as you. I've been doing the job for 15 years. Me and my family are really excited to launch this new business, but 
at this moment in time, I haven't got any buyers or any vendors. Would you fancy be my first instruction? And we just had a really, really great chat. You had a really, really great chat. Now, full disclosure, she sold in a notice period <laughs> when she was swapping over to mum with me. Been on for like nine months, yeah. I, do you but, know what, Scott? I, I hope she can sleep at night. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. after, after that door knock. <laughs> she's, she's very lucky. Things worked out anyway, actually. But, you know, you look back and you think, and I remember saying, like, the great thing about that was it, it felt easier. It actually felt easier. It felt like, it felt like a lighter load to carry. Just, I thought, I, this is odd. You just knock on the door and present a vulnerable version of you and people warm to it and then almost want to help you because they respect what you're doing and you come across genuine because you are being genuine. Um, so, yeah, that, I remember that, that was quite a sort of a, a turning point, really. But, I mean, at some point, I dig out some of my first um, like photos that I did for my website, mate. It's like me opening the door with some keys with a full suit on, tie pin, gold tie, because my logo was gold. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I think you knocking on that big door with a door handle, turning over your shoulder, giving it a cheeky yeah. peek with it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. it. I've, ne I've never that's seen it. someone enjoy knocking on a door so much in my life. <laughs> well, because we were trying to be quick, because I had no permission to knock on that door. Right. get that photo. So <laughs> me and a mate were trying to get it done like super fast. But it is interesting when, when you drop that and... and and, and now, you know, when I, I'll go around a house, it could be to middle upper class people in their 70s or 80s or whatever. And it's bizarre that actually, if you just have a normal conversation with people and talk about things like, you know, I'd, I'd time people to show me a bit about their house and I didn't know what it was called, like a rafter or something. And I'd pretend I knew what I was talking about. Now I say, what's a rafter? I go, those tiles up there. You go, oh, right. Okay. And it turns out people don't mind. They'll forgive you those things. And I think you build up better relationships that way. Well, that certainly seems to be how it goes. Um, well, but you were smart. You were all in suit and booted, Ben, when you joined, I remember. Yeah, I was. Um, 100%, mate. Just because, again, I thought, you know, that that's what agents do, right? Like, you've got to be in a blazer. You've got to have a tie and a tie-pin and have your, you know, your hair pristine and all that kind of stuff. Still had a beard, not quite as scruffy as this one, but, you know, still trying to somewhat fit into that mould, I think is fair to say. And, um, you know, I kind of, when I came into EXP, you probably heard this story before, mate, because obviously I've done it in the internal training. So apologies for anyone listening who's from EXP or heard this story before, but I kind of tell it anyway for the benefit of those that haven't. So when I came in, I identified video as going to be a big part of the business because I could see success leaving clues in other industries. And one of the things that I was really excited about, about putting myself on camera and being that sort of face and making people aware of who I am, was the fact that I went through that transition of, you know, I said I went back to a minimum wage job, I was working in gyms, I was back in fitness, basically a glorified cleaner, but essentially I knew that I wasn't going to be a glorified cleaner forever, but my sort of plan at that point was to build brand in the fitness space. So then I started taking a lot of inspiration from some well-known PTs like Joe Wicks, the body coach, there's a guy called James Smith, a guy called Darren Cartel, Brian Keane, probably a lot of names that guys listening to this won't be familiar with, but essentially people who are obviously the body coach, like a multi-million people following, like an amazing business, the most successful fitness entrepreneur to ever walk the planet in history. You've got this guy, but then you've got a lot of people doing mini versions of that in between, still with large followings and very loyal customer bases and, and more to the point, very successful businesses um, off of the back of sharing their truth. 
and being themselves and being brave enough to go on camera and do Q and A's and kind of engage with the audience. You know, it's always, it's always the person, never the logo. And um, I kind of saw that and felt as though I was gonna, in some way, shape or form, try and apply that to property, but not to the extent that I do now. You know, I'd kind of show a little bit of that insight, give my kind of, you know, my take and my views and my opinions and do that, but do that in a very curated way and not be, yeah. sort of, not be sort of full frontal. You know, I went, you can see me today for those guys that are watching on YouTube and obviously you, Scott, you can see me on the on the screen. You know, I've got this baseball cap on. Today I've been to value two houses. One was 750 grand. The other one was 1.1 mil. So nearly 2 million quid's worth of property that I went out to wearing a baseball cap. I wouldn't have dreamed of doing that, you know, probably 18 months ago. And it's like you say, you know, not everyone's going to like that. And I take the risk that if they've invited me out to evaluation, if they've kind of done the research, if they've learned about me through social media and watched any of our tours, they'll have an idea of who I am and what I'm about and how I present myself and how I conduct myself and, you know, the way that I run my business ultimately. And I'll take the chances that I'm going to go to that appointment and just be an authentic version of Ben. And if someone turns around and says, oh my God, this guy had, you know, gazelles on, on the appointment, or he had a scruffy beard that hadn't been trimmed for a few years by the looks of it today and he had a baseball cap on there's no way that I'm going to instruct that guy then then that's okay you know you're not my customer and I'm not your agent but if you buy into that and if you can sort of I guess appreciate me for who I am and what I do and the knowledge in my head and my approach and my enthusiasm and my ability to promote your property and build a narrative if that's what you hold dear to you and that's what you're buying into then I'll welcome you on with open arms but if not then there's a thousand agents out there that you can choose from for whatever reason if you identify with them you know on a on a better level um and I think that is quite empowering mate again knowing that you don't have to be something to everyone in fact I couldn't think of a worse business than trying to be something to everyone, trying to put a fake mask on in every conversation or trying to, you know, appease people and putting out fires left, right and centre. I'd much rather be with people who are able to work at my pace and understand that I'm there to do my job to the best of my ability and know the line between what's possible and what's not and what's acceptable and what isn't. And again, it just, it just forget profit, forget money, forget fees. It just comes back to the core of it. You know, you're building a business that, you're happy to work within the business that you enjoy working as part of yeah. on a daily basis and that's far more important than any amount of money as far as I'm concerned but you only get to that point by being brave enough to be yourself and to share yeah. to share your truth with the world and I think it's almost like a magnet really Scott like if you can ex say if you can expose yourself that's probably not the right word but if you can put yourself <laughs> <laughs> not again not after what happened last time um <laughs> If you can put yourself out there and, and, and sort of be brave enough to do that, then you kind of act like a magnet and you bring the right people into your ecosystem. But you also, just as importantly, maybe divert the people who aren't the right fit for you away to the next agent. And that's going to save you, I think, a lot of headache, a lot of frustration, a lot of wasted time, potentially. Um and save you a lot of teeth pulling, I guess. Um, because again, it comes back to that whole thing of building a business by design. And sometimes, especially when you've been consistent enough, you find yourself in a fortunate position where your customer finds you rather than you yeah. find them. And that's that's massive. So with, with, that, with that in mind then, I mean, what, what do you think your brand is? Say that again, mate. What, what do you think your brand is? Um... Do you know what? I had a, a Zoom call with the one and only Barry Pulver, founder of EXP UK, the other week. Yeah. And, uh, he, he'd sort of said, like, 
what makes you different? And I guess that's kind of a similar sort of question in terms of, you know, your brand, your stance, your positioning, what makes you stand out from the crowd. And I think it's kind of really a mix of everything that I just said. It's just, it's, I think authenticity is a superpower. Like, you know, me and you might portray ourselves totally different in our promotion as they might be totally different again to the next agent. But I think the honest truth is, is that kind of putting yourself out there and being brave enough to be authentically yourself. I think that that really is a superpower for everyone. I don't care if you're very dry and very straight laced and you're very corporate and that's just who you are as a person that's fine show the world if you're more relaxed and happy-go-lucky and a bit of a Del Boy type character then again share that with the world and I think you know someone's going to buy into approach A whereas someone else gravitates towards approach B and I think that for me the fact that I can be myself everyone you know I'm, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite relaxed and very passionate about what I do um, and, I, and I like to think that that comes across to the customer not necessarily in the appointment, essentially that comes across to the customer 18 months before they know they're ready to sell. So then by yeah. the time I, I get in front of them, you know, all that hard work's been done. They know who I am as a person. I went to evaluation last year. I just always share this example where I went in and the woman had, you know, a coffee with two sugars and, and a, whatever it was, a Kit Kat or a Twix waiting for me because she'd seen on my Instagram a few days before that I'd had a coffee with two sugars and I was enjoying a Twix or, or whatever the chocolate bar was. And when you can go in and you've kind of already removed those corporate barriers, like what an amazing environment to just get on a level and speak to someone as a human rather than having yeah. this sort of, you know, I'm the agent, you're the client type barrier which like it or not does often exist and for me it's that ability to um, break down those barriers by being yourself i.e pushing forward your personality living that personality driven business that allows those barriers to just disappear by the wayside and actually when it boils down to it you're just two people with a common goal that, that, that that's yeah. what it is right and, and when it when all is said and done when we strip it back to in its most simple form with two people with a common goal you want to sell your house so you can you know fix that pain point you can go for that promotion you can move to that country you can emigrate move closer to your mum and dad whatever the plan is you get to do that and i get to know that i've done a good job i get a great review and essentially i, I get paid for it so we're all here to work towards that same outcome and i think sometimes you know like it or not and i'm sure anyone listening has been in in this situation before when you've kind of felt as though you and the client are pulling in two different directions it's almost as though you know they think you're going to rip them off or you're going to deceive them or you're going to undervalue it or you're going to lie to them or you're going to make a false promise and you're just going to fit that stereotype of the this, this sort of snake oil salesman and it almost creates a a rift sometimes where you're butting heads before you started and i think you know the more you can get on a level with someone and just connect with them on a I say on a spiritual level, it sounds very like hippified, but essentially just get to know the person rather than you know having that corporate pretense. I think it just makes for a more enjoyable, smoother, and well, only because they'll mirror. You know, if you're you're dropping all your pretense and guards, and I find that clients will then do that far quicker. You know, I've sat in people's living rooms before where you're having like a boardroom style conversation with. You're sitting there talking business. They're sitting there talking about fees and percentages and VAT, like you're in some boardroom, and actually you're in like two-bedroom detached bungalow in a beautiful country you know beautiful location and like now it's like yeah great let's just grab a cup of tea and go and chill in your garden for half an hour and get to know each other a bit and I don't know if you found this but it was only last week um maybe the week before that I'd, I'd, I went out on evaluation and somebody said to me um oh um the other agent said and I can't use about fee I remember like my brain going tick tick tick, tick you know what's this because it was the first time 
definitely this year. I think I think it's the first time since November I've been out up against another agent. Right. And I get the feeling you probably get a fair bit of that. Where now, because because people are recommending you and it's based on this authentic brand, a lot of people have already chosen to use you before you even turn up. Mate, that's huge. And do you know what? Funnily enough, like this sounds too convenient to be true. Like it's just as though our conversations just literally fall into place perfectly with what's happening in real life. Um, I went to a valuation. I can't remember what day it was. Like I say, it's been a crazy couple of couple of weeks. But before between the last podcast and this one, anyway. And um, I went out and I spoke to this chap and I'd never didn't recognize his name he called me out to value his house and I said oh you know where did you come across us like did you generally it's like oh, I've been following you on social media I've stumbled on your YouTube I've been watching your tours or you sold this house or you know I've been referred to you or whatever and they've normally got a pretty good understanding of who I am and what I do before so again when I get in there's not really any presentation as such it's more of an open sort of Q&A I guess about the next steps and my take yeah. and what we can do so it's very informal in that respect but this guy was like oh no I've, I've got no idea who you are I just I want my dog um around the park and I noticed that on the edge of the park you've got a soul board I thought oh, this guy's selling houses I picked up the phone give you a call and here you are as the second of four agents basically I had a guy out yesterday I've got two more next week and, and you're the second in um what do you do and then suddenly it just changed the whole dynamic of the appointment yeah, I, 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 massively. And I'm not saying it wasn't a good appointment because he was a lovely guy, really good bloke. I enjoyed the appointment. We had a decent chat. And to be honest, I think I've, I've got my hand in the cookie jar to, to be in with a shout of getting it. But it was a totally different energy, a totally different experience than, than what it generally would be. And what I've been almost spoiled with, really, over the last sort of six to nine months, because suddenly I found myself on that back foot of saying, Oh, oh, so you've not you've not seen any of our like results or videos. Okay, well, let me just tell you a little bit about how we work. And, and this was an older chap, and by his own, he literally said to me, seeing your videos, he ain't you kidding, aren't you, son? I mean, I only learned how to send a text message two weeks ago. Like that, that's that's what I was dealing with. So obviously I'm explaining the power of video and talking about social media, how we broaden the exposure and all this kind of stuff. And it it, it just didn't. I think he understood it, but it was like, you know, it's like speaking a different language sometimes if you're not in this world and, and he's not like he's very much still living in. Like I say, he's only just learned how to send a text message. So we went through it all. And like I said, the appointment went well, but just a totally different, totally different vibe to, to, to what I've become accustomed to, I think is fair to say. Well, so you imagine, so I've always thought that a brand, because there's a massive difference between branding and a brand. So I saw somebody launch a business a little while ago. So I've got all my brand sorted. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, you've got your logo, your letterhead and your business card sorted. Uh, that's your branding, which is a massive, so you've chosen your colours, basically, which doesn't really mean much. No. You can choose the wrong colours, definitely, but choosing the right colours doesn't really get you where you want to be any faster, whereas your brand will. So you're, I guess your, your brand, I've always thought, is what your customers are saying about you when you're not there. 100%. Uh, that's, that's, that's your real brand. So you take that guy, for example... And you've gone in there on, on that occasion, your brand is relatively worthless, right? You're just yeah. there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just shoulder to shoulder as one of four options. That, With that, that's everyone right. else. Yeah. 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 In fact, possibly at a loss because there's a chance that a couple of the others he's got out, he has got some understanding of their brand and why they're there. So if you think, if, if, if you'd have had Mr. and Mrs. Smith down the road that said, oh, you've got to use Ben, honestly, check out the video he's done for us. You know, look at some of the WhatsApps. Oh, my God, he's so funny. Look at this WhatsApp he sent us when we exchanged and he dropped this beautiful bottle of wine around when we sold. Fast forward to what different appointment that is. Um, 
so I, I, that's how I've always thought about brand is what do people say about you when you're not there? Because that's mate, their perception of you. I wouldn't, mate, I'm, I'm buzzing that you've said that. And I'm also gutted that you've said that because when we was kind of leading up to this, I was out walking the dog earlier and I kind of, you know, I'm kind of going through my head and planning forward for this, uh, this podcast. And I, obviously I know the question is going to come up. What does brand mean to you? And that was my exact I mean, I must have heard it somewhere. So I've picked that up. So I, I thought oh, I created I've, I've it. Probably stolen it off you, Ben, and then just. I, 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 I don't, don't know that. To... I, 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 if <laughs> anyone listening, if you've come across that phrase before, let me know where you heard it. Because I, I literally thought, oh, God, I'm going to sound so profound. <laughs> I'm going I'm to drop this on Scott and he's going to fall off his chair. And uh, you've just said it word for word. But I couldn't agree more, mate. That That's that's effectively what it is, right? I think so. And, and you know, I mean, I. I don't know. I, 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 I guess then. So actually, a brand is quite moldable, isn't it? Because you could have ten clients; they'd all say something slightly different. So it isn't a case that we've all running around with one personal brand. It's how that person's relationship with you is what they're going to pass on to somebody else. That's that's your brand spreading, isn't it? That's really what matters. Of course, man. Yeah, if you think like the brand of what do you think like when you see when you see Coca Cola. You're not the, the logo is interesting, but you get a taste for it, don't you? As soon as you see Coca-Cola, you get a literally a taste in your mouth of Coca-Cola. That is the brand. It's the taste of the drink. Yeah, yeah. How it makes people feel, I guess. Yeah, no, hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. And I think it's um, that that I think that, that that literally just, just just says it all for me because you know about what people say about you when you're not listening because. I think there's this massive merit in what you said there, Scott, in terms of like people think the brand is the colour of the boards, it's the style of the website, you know, all these things, yes, may play into how someone interprets, I guess, on first first visual impressions, but essentially it's much deeper than that. It's um it's the way you make people feel, it's that experience, it's 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 your reputation as an individual is what carries you. That is the brand. It's the reputation, I think, is what it boils down to. There's a massive difference in branding and brand. I mean, if you yeah. if you walked down the road and you went to any village, town or city in this country and you took the lowest performing agents or agency and the top performing agency and you swapped the staff over for six months, the results would switch for six months. <laughs> that, that wonderful, beautiful laid out office with a great sign and all those things with the shit members of staff in it that don't care mm. would stop doing any business. And that one down the road with the dated office and the crap old computers and, um, you know, flickering sign with one, one letter in their word, not on <laughs> would suddenly start doing great because the brand is the people that represent it, not the logos. And um, I think that's something that we've really learned. Certainly. I mean, if you think over the last, so who, who have we got to know particularly well, you and I? I mean, if we if we invite Joe Rylett to this conversation, he's doing as well as you and I are on the sales point of view. If all three of us operated in the same town, we'd all have completely different clients. Oh, 100%, mate. I, I we, wouldn't, we wouldn't butt heads. I wouldn't, I wouldn't butt heads with you. I don't think you'd bump into me. And neither of us would ever bump into Joe because the people who would recommend Joe would never recommend me, probably. Yeah, no, yeah, that's right, mate. And I remember, you know, I mentioned earlier on at the start of the podcast, mate, that we had, um, you know, we've got two other agents here on the coast where I work. The first time the first agent inquired, she said, hiya, Ben, I've been seeing some of your content online. You've shared into a few groups and I'm an agent working for such and such a 
a person. I'm really interested in the CXP thing, but the last thing I want to do is make you feel awkward. If you'd rather not have this chat or you, you know, you want me to speak to somebody else, then just let me know. And, you know, I won't think any less of your type thing. Um, Cause obviously, you know, the condition of the industry is, oh my God, if, they, if, 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 if they're not putting money in your pocket, they're the enemy. Right. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just turned around and said, look, I was like, I hope this comes across in the way it's intended, but with respect, you know, people buy into me, into my message. It's Ben Moore. It's my style. It's my narrative. It's my approach. It's my outlook, my views, my opinions. That's what's bringing my customer in. So if you go out there and you're promoting your style and your message and your narrative and your approach and your truth, that's going to land with a totally different avatar to who it's going to land with for me. So the chances are I'm never really going to lose business to you and vice versa. And you know what? If I am going to lose business to you, if there's someone who loves us equally and you win the coin toss, then I'd much rather lose that to an EXPA and, and further develop our mission in transforming the space rather than lose it to yeah. you at you know a variation of a different company um, where I truly have lost it and you know it's it's it's, it's really no good to me anymore because I've, I've, I've seen no benefit from that and I think that's massive I couldn't really care less if it was just me as a sole exp agent in the whole of the file coast or frankly I couldn't care if there was another 500 of us for me, it's there's a lot of business, there's enough business to go around and work together successfully. And that I think the more we do that, and we're seeing it a little bit in my market, like with the example that I gave you from this morning, where I've passed one of my old vendors as a buyer to another agent who's got a property. We're seeing that more now in concentrated pockets of areas where we've got more agents. They're meeting up for socials, yeah. they're going out for beers, they're sharing buyer leads, they're sharing best practice, they're helping each other. They I, I do at the moment with non-EXP agents in my area. You know, there's three or four people that are operating in similar fashions or from service offices but they've got their own you know brand or named it after their kids or whatever it is they've done and you know i i get on really well with those guys I, i've done i've had so much where in chains we've helped each other out you know you're away on holiday don't worry i'll do the sales progression and you know i think even even outside of the xp world i think that that's the direction that agency is going in now um it's a great way to work it's so much you know it's friendly it's genuine you know there's there's agents down here that I just, you know, I leave their stock alone. Just like, no, don't worry. No, stick with him. He's great. Stick with him. He's great. It's fine. And I know they do the same thing today. Do you think lockdown had an impact on that? In terms of like trying, like sort of almost bringing agency together more as a collective at that point when it was like, you know, when the shit hit the fan and we was like, what the hell is happening? Are we all going to go out of business now? Or, or... Well, maybe business, maybe business being good for everyone's at some point. Yeah, true that, true <laughs> you that. You know, it's kind of easy. It's, it's like, I, we'll see about the long term around agents from outside of the XP organization and us all being collaborative um but yeah it's very easy to be friendly when everyone's doing so well at the moment mm. i think yeah so i don't know so maybe maybe we'll see how it is when when things toughen up again do you know what I mean, though? Interesting, whichever way it falls, like interesting times, like what an interesting year it's been for the space and what an interesting future we've got, like on the dawn of this sort of new era of agency, this new era of world as we're all changing our psychology and our value system and we're all changing the way we interact. And I think it's going to be fascinating, mate, for, for a lot of spaces. One thing I just want to go back to, I don't even know how relevant this is anymore. Probably shouldn't even be going back to this, but I almost interrupted you, but I didn't. I let you just crack on with what you were saying. You know, you was mentioning before about if the top performing agency um, lost their staff to the worst performing agency in six months' time, that would build up. I saw an update before on Facebook on this uh, 
I'm not going to make out like I'm some bloke because I'm not. I know very little about football, mate. I'm not a blokey blokey type of bloke. Do you know what I mean? Is who follows all the footy news and all that kind of stuff. But I'm following some football page, and uh, it had a picture of City losing eight one to Middlesbrough uh, some time ago, and it was saying pre. And, you know, the investment, basically, the oil money that came over to then fund the club to get more talent. And, you know, back then, he was losing 8-1 to Middlesbrough, struggling along, crappy reputation. Suddenly, you know, we attract the top talent globally, bring all these football players from all the top performing teams, and now sit here on top of the world, like one of the best teams on the planet, because they've brought the right people with the right talent. And I think that's just a very high-profile example of exactly what you were saying before about those personality-driven brands doing the bit for the bigger mission in the traditional sense we've just always been hoodwinkled into not recognizing that before and put too much emphasis on the logo on the door rather than the people yeah. who are the machine if that makes sense and i think slowly and i i acknowledge that we're saying this with our own bias because we're in this new world of agency and we're seeing so many success stories of agents proving what we're saying right but i think more agents now are starting to become wise to that and become astute to that and um, I think as a result, I won't mention sort of brand names, but I'm seeing some of the well-known national corporate companies. I'm seeing people within their organisation, if you will, individual agents coming out as, you know, Chris example of example company and they're building their own sort of personal profiles now within yeah. that bigger umbrella, which I think is an, an amazing thing. And probably the first some thing- because they've got an eye on the future and they've yeah, got a plan. Yeah. Some just because it's good for their business and their operation. But how, how do you manage that if you are? So I use Connells purely because they're the biggest, right? So if you're Connells right now, the best way for you to grow your business is to encourage all your agents to start doing that, right? We see it work. So get on your Facebook, start giving tips on selling. And, you know, when you sell, it all goes through Connells and great, we'll all make loads of money. But the problem with that is you're allowing your staff and encouraging your staff to become more powerful brands locally, more well-known than you. So what do you do? Do you allow it because it's good for business? Do you ban it and say, no, we're not going to let you do that? Because I honestly, honestly think that's the biggest headache that the corporate companies have got. It's the best way for them to grow. It will also be their downfall long-term, which is that all of their great members. And the worst thing is for the corporates, Who's leaving? It's not. It's not their bad members of staff. You know, we know that because of who we're talking to. Mm. It's they're, they're they're getting creamed off the top because mm. <laughs> people are working there and they're they're going online and they're they've been contacted on Facebook directly. Can you sell my house? And then they're actually going to go and put it through the corporation. Now, I've got nothing against big companies at all. You know, I I needed one for the first ten years of my career, and um, you know, I think. But how do you manage that as the owner or the head of a large corporate brand? It's interesting, mate. I think, do you know what, mate? I think the way that a lot of people and a lot of companies are going to handle it is by putting the head in the sand and pretending that's not the reality and almost kind of trying to clip the wings of agents, which I think is very damaging long term, because if agents can't spread the wings and fly, as they've never really been able to before now, they're going to see more and more the tide turn into other agents flying high thinking, why am why why aren't I up there? Do you know what I mean? I think I think yeah. I think that's gonna actually work to their detriment. So you're right. It's you can understand from their side of things. It's a tricky dynamic. It's like you don't want 
you know, almost like your David Beckham becoming bigger than Man United to use another football. Not where I'm getting these football analogies from. Jesus Christ, I've got the worst football knowledge on the planet. But you see what I mean with with that example, you know, the player becoming bigger than the club. Um, yeah. it's, it's very easy for, for the agents to become bigger than the, the corporate brand. And probably testimony. Well, on a local something. level. Yeah, on a local yeah, yeah. level, certainly. I mean, no, no one around, you know, where I live, and I know where you are, no one where you are remotely cares about Connells or purple bricks or but you as an individual again so much attention and I don't know it's gonna it'd be very I think it's a it's gonna be a battle that will be hard for them to win I think yeah yeah and I think it's um the thing that I'd want to challenge anyone listening to the podcast now again always relative to where you're up to but I don't care whether or not you're in this space and you're actively out there on the stage loud and proud trying to build your personality driven brand or whether you're still you know working under a, a corporate umbrella and you're not quite comfortable to, to step out the shadows just yet I think wherever you are in your career in fact the earlier the better I think take heed of this and start building because if you imagine Scott you know you, you've been around for 20 years now selling houses in one way shape or form similar for me 10 years um imagine if you'd have started your social media pages when facebook launched and straight away that day oh. you, you were just scott gun the agent right and you took that personal facebook page with you at every job every role every bump in the road every high every success every time you couldn't be asked every time you were struggling month to month every time you was high flying imagine if you gave access all those years ago to the present day how powerful would you be now in terms of your ability to, to run scale an amazing agency business? It just blows my mind. Because I, 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 obviously I started my first business. It was self-simple estate agency. I set my second yeah. one, Smart Move Property Group. So do you know what I mean? And, and, and the, these, these profiles have had a bit of content on them. They've fizzled out. They've closed down. The business has been sold. The businesses have short, whatever else. But if I just kept that Ben Moore brand going consistent over that time, then we'd have a, an animal of a, of a following and an authority today. But, I mean, it's scary, actually, genuinely. I, the question you've asked gives me too much anxiety to think about. Yeah. I'm going to have to not think about that because of what an opportunity miss that is. But I still think that in 10 years' time, I'll be looking back at today and thinking the opportunity was still huge to go for it today. With, with a question minding around that, so anyone listening who is... So it's all well and good talking personal brand, right? But how do you start? What do you do? How much of an idea of what your personal brand is or what you want it to be do you need to have before you get started? Do you know what? I think I think it just comes back to like access. I think that's the most powerful thing. It's like that dartboard analogy. I think I've explained this to you before. Did I explain it on the last podcast or not? Are you going back? Not, not sure. Right. Okay. So say so, again. Yeah, so this this dartboard analogy, right? So I went on a I went on a podcast last year, and it was specifically about content marketing and brand building. So I knew they was going to be asking me about content marketing and brand building, and I, I know in my own head how my journey went and the way that I view things and how I look at things, you know, between my own two ears. But I thought I've never articulated this out loud before. I've never explained this to a third party. So I was trying to think of the best way to explain this to anyone listening. And I came up with this analogy, right? That if you think of a dartboard and if you place your brand, your mission at the center on the bullseye. And then if you imagine that coming out of that bullseye, you've got different rings that come out to the outer rim of the board. And then if you imagine that everyone in your market falls 
in one of those tiers on that board. Now, the closer they are to the bullseye, the closer that customer is to needing your service. So the people who are just one ring removed from the board, these are people who are about to go on the market straight away or people who are on the market unsuccessfully, maybe frustrated, looking for other options with another agent. These are people who are going to be engaged by content like um, three reasons your house hasn't sold, two things you need to do to get more viewings, the one thing you need to know to get the best price for your property. They're going to engage with this kind of content and probably get a better brand buy-in into what you're saying because they're at a point in their life cycle where that kind of content and that approach is very appropriate for them but you've still got people on the outer ring of the board like the double 20s who have got no idea that they're going to get a promotion next year or their wife's going to leave them in six months or when they fall pregnant they're going to get triplets instead of one baby and they're going to have to move across town get a bigger house a smaller house they're going to have to liquidate their assets whatever it is they don't know they yet need an agent so these people are not bothered about your three tips and why a house hasn't sold but these people might be interested in wondering oh what goes on behind the scenes of a, an agency take on or you know what 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 do you know what i mean like this this, this kind of more this, this lifestyle type content this access is what's going to bring them into your ecosystem so you're going to capture the heart a year or 18 months before they even know they need you so then by the time the head catches up and they're thinking more with logic because now's the point that i need to find an agent and sell this house you've already won the heart so it's almost yours to lose because you started conditioning that person long before they knew they needed you and um i think really not overthinking it and not having not not feeling dwarfed by the fact that because if you start getting you think oh well how am I going to do this I hit this revenue and hit this market share and it almost feels too much of a macro goal for you to even get started if you can start by putting one foot in front of the other and just producing some kind of content you know even if that's you speaking to the camera dead quickly before you go into a viewing uh, making a funny video because a viewer stood you up or you know whatever it is it can be as futile and as insignificant as you want but I think just giving people the access and getting in the habit of populating your pages and sharing your story and kind of building a narrative around you and your approach and your opinions i think that's a powerful thing like and the sooner you can start doing that the better i agree yeah i think you put that very well i love the dartboard analogy as well which you hadn't told me before oh, i didn't know um, you must be the only person i'm not set told that to <laughs> no, no 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 i like it i think it's a really good way to look at it actually um i think it clears it up and i think your audience will tell you what they're looking for right as well you know i mean i think we've had this conversation before on linkedin i post a lot about money just something i just don't do in real life you know i mean you and i talk a lot i'm very rarely talking about money in fact i don't think either of us do we might talk about the odd fee and how to get a good fee and things like that but we never talk cash you know how much have you earned that kind of thing but on linkedin I established quite quickly by posting like 10 random videos over 10 days. Okay, that one took off a little bit. People are interested in hearing about what was originally my money struggles and then turned into I've sold a house and that got more likes. And then I was able to track back and say, well, actually, every time I talk about this doesn't get much traction. Every time I talk about that, it seems to get a little bit of interest. Now, I wouldn't go on Facebook and post what I post on LinkedIn because that would be completely the wrong audience. I think you learn a lot as you go. So I think that's why getting started is really important. I mean, we're, we're joking. If you think about it, our first efforts at personal brand were you wearing a three-piece suit, looking yeah. neat and tidy and well-maintained and me doing the same thing. And we both ended up through <laughs> <laughs> neglect or whatever it might be, but a million miles away from that. Whereas actually, if we'd have set out, if we'd have sat down with a pen to brainstorm where we want our brand to be, I don't think we necessarily would have drawn out 
where we're now at. So I think the absolute key thing is just to get started. Yeah, and I think I think that's massive. And the reason for that is that we've both gone through an education process over the course of the last however many months it's been. And um, it's really that feedback loop. It's speaking to people. It's getting, you know, getting comfortable with with who you are and what you actually want and how you, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like you educate yourself over time. And I think that's a big problem that sometimes, you know, especially as um, something as big as starting a business or putting yourself out there, something that's a bit uncomfortable for most people. I think we almost want all the answers before we even know what the questions are. But then how about this? So if you, so I often say to people, I don't know what to say, but so if somebody puts me on the spot or a vendor says something or, I often say, look, I actually really don't know what to say, but because it, it, it gives someone, it softens you up, right? <laughs> a bit of sympathy with you. Um, you know, I had an agent recently say to me, I don't know where to start with these video and personal branding and things. I said, well, why not literally go on Facebook and just say, hey, look, I'm just starting my estate agency business. I want to give you loads of great content. What would you be interested to hear from an estate agent? I mean, again, you don't have to know. Your audience will tell you. Well, actually, it'd be great to learn a little bit about how the conveyancing process works. Or, and people will literally tell you what you forget learning by looking at stats and things like that. You can actually ask what people want to see. I mean, if you went online and said, look, what would you look for in a new estate agency? People will be all over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No bullshit, no this, you know, communication, whatever it might be. So I think anyone looking to get started with a personal brand, I think the first thing is definitely don't overthink it would be my tip. Do not overthink it at all because chances are whatever you're going to go out there and try and achieve now, it'll be different in a year anyway. It's something completely different. Well, that's great so, though. Again, because your, audi- your audience sees that transition. Like we was talking the other day, Scott, about like, sorry, man, I know I've interrupted here slightly, but just to kind of take it back, we was talking about, um... oh, man, I've just gone totally blank. But yeah, that's what do you get. Per- not do perfect. Do what? Sorry, about, well, I was, uh, I was, I, I'm, I might be wrong, but I was talking to you about Dude Perfect, those guys in America that um, I watched. Yes. I watched all their videos. Yes, 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 like yes. Super, super high tech. They do all these like wicked, like long. When I say like basketball shots, I mean off the Empire State Building into a basketball ring and things like that. Like they're so cool, and you watch them, and now they're like hanging out with Serena Williams, doing these tennis trick shots at the U.S. Open or you know, Rory McIlroy or, you know, all these great sort of massive Roger Federer, they've all been on there. And like, I, t- I did, I just looked and thought, wow, look at what these guys are doing. And it was my son. He said, oh, have you ever seen their first video? I know. And literally Google dude perfect first video. They're just sitting in their garden on one of those crap plastic chairs that we've all got. Yeah, I love those that. white ones. Yeah, we've yeah. all got one in the garage. And he's got two broken legs or one broken leg and he's in a cast. He's obviously done some ridiculous stunt the week before. And he's just filming and he just throws one basketball about 10 foot into the net and then they go nuts and run around the garden. But nobody gives a shit about that because most people won't ever even see that video. But that's where they're at now... It's amazing, mate, and that, that's that, that's the beauty of it because that, that that footprint exists, right, to see that transition, to see that journey that those guys have been on. And I liken it to the fact that I'm gutted. I kick myself now that I didn't, you know, document when I was delivering pizzas and when I was doing consultancy work because I was almost, I wouldn't say ashamed, but maybe a little bit embarrassed that, you know, I was 
trying to again fit the mold of a successful estate agent and I didn't want to share those insights and I'd always think what if a potential client sees me delivering a pizza and is that going to tarnish my reputation and now with the power of hindsight I just think if I'd have shared that if I'd have had that this is where I've come from and this is the journey and this is how this is how I fed my kids that month and this is where we've come to now it just makes it so much more relatable. And again, it gets people to know you as the person the same way as Dude Perfect, man. Do you know what I mean? With his broken leg in his garden and his shitty chair, like compared to being at Wimbledon with Serena Williams. Well, he gave you so much appreciation of what they've done as well. Massive. Like you really, you see them doing all the videos and you just think, ah, oh, they'd land on their feet with that. And like, you don't realise they haven't land on their feet. At one point, they probably nervously uploaded a video of what was a poorly filmed crap audio video of a, fairly badly executed trick shot yeah so it was not, not nothing lucky about it like they put themselves out there they took a chance and it's really really paid off and so that's 100 if i had to give a tip to anyone who wants to you know get into that kind of thing it's it's be prepared to learn as you go and just get started just post something straight away like a 40 second video even of you saying i don't know what to talk about what would you be interested in about from an estate agent and you'll be surprised what people come back with. Yeah. And also, mate, like I know um, I, I'm conscious of time, so we'll wrap this up shortly. But what do you think? Do you, do you think that almost psychologically for most people, if they were to start a business and it was going to be like, let's just say Gunny States, right, with a, a big G and a big E as a logo, do you think there's almost like a comfort blanket in hiding behind that entity versus being Scott Gunn, loud yeah. and proud? Definitely not. 100% that's what so when I before I joined EXP I was going to call my company Victoria Scott Estate Agents Limited 100% I and that's my wife's first name and my first name, but anyone really generally wouldn't know me would just think if Victoria Scott was probably a woman and that was the brand and definitely in case it didn't work out I think I was putting a mask on definitely. comfort blanket comfort blanket definitely yeah and an excuse and I've got to just if it didn't work out, I'd just be able to go back to what I was doing and most people would never even know I tried. Yeah. And on that, mate, the other thing that I want to sort of point out, this is kind of, again, putting another spotlight on, on you, really, mate. But I find it amazing that, in fact, I don't even mind it when people do this because I think it's important that you get excited. And if you get excited by seeing your name up in lights and seeing your face on a board and all that kind of stuff, enjoy it. You deserve it. You're taking a bold step. Put yourself out there and be fucking proud of it a hundred percent but i find it fascinating how people get caught up so much on but it's not the right shade of green oh my god i hate that text and da, 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 da. you my friend if i'm not right you might even have now i don't know did you ever get boards printed no no i don't have for sale boards never had for sale boards printed man never someone to do this every day for the first three months and it wasn't i planned not to by the way <laughs> it wasn't a strategic maneuver um, it just ended up turning into a bit of a USP, doesn't even have boards. Um, and then now, you know, over the next six months, I will probably be taking a bit of a backward step from agency and going much more down the agent support route. Um, now there's no point, but yeah, for 18 months, I've had no for sale boards. But again, mate, that just really emphasizes. And again, there's nothing wrong, guys, with getting excited about your boards. Please do. I, I, I was 
I was like a kid in a sweet shop with my first game. I was like, oh my God, I've got my face on the board for the first time ever. Like it was quite novel and it was really nice and I enjoyed it. But please don't think that that's what defines you. Please don't think that the pigment of the orange on your website is going to be the difference between a successful and an unsuccessful agent. Please don't feel that because your area code's not on right move, that suddenly means that your brand's destroyed and customers are never going to ring you. What really matters at the heart of all of this, just to summarize this up in a really nice way, what really matters is you. And yeah. as long as you're authentic to yourself and able to put yourself out there in one way or another, your avatar will find you. I think the key is as long as you're consistent and you can, again, just, just speak your truth. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well put, well put. Right, mate, anything you want to add before we uh, before we wrap up this uh, this pod? No, mate, I'll be honest, I, I do enjoy doing this podcast, but for about the last half an hour, I've just been able to taste this wine that I've got in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, been like the tip of my tongue, I should have smuggled it in and hit it behind my screen. But um, um, yeah, no, not at all, mate. Great to catch up. I enjoyed that, Ben. As always, mate, well, I'm going to get myself a cold beer and obviously watch the footy because I'm a ruddy bloke. <laughs> <laughs> ruddy, ruddy bloke. A ruddy bloke. <laughs> <laughs> right, good chatting to you, mate. Wicked. All right, speak to you soon, Ben.